Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. Whether you are viewing or you are listening to our podcast, we are so glad that you are a part. These are going to be some pretty interesting verses that we read today in the book of Revelation. So I encourage you to do a couple of things. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download today's message notes. You can also download our kids activity sheet. And the title of today's message is The Four Horsemen. You know, sometimes it's referred to as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But we know that the Bible is going to refer to four different types of horsemen. And if you're downloading the kids activity sheet, please know that uh, it was it, it was taken into caution not to download some of the things that are out there that they could color that would look too scary uh, at all. You know, it's interesting when we get into this, and I would encourage you to do some reading. This will give you kind of a big picture of what's taking place prophetically uh, back in the Old Testament and through Jesus's teaching and ministry, and then also what Jesus had to say to John and to the churches and then to us. Daniel chapter 9, Matthew chapter 24 and verse and chapter 25, and then Revelation chapters 5 and 6. Remember, Daniel, a man of prayer, is given insight on end time events, and uh, he's given specific instructions really about the Antichrist and things will take place at what we might call the end of the age. In Matthew chapter 24 and 25, where the disciples uh, asked Jesus three questions, he goes ahead and not only answers those questions, but describes some of the things that will take place as we read about him opening the scroll and uh, undoing the seals. And then in Revelation 5 and 6, in fact, here's what's pretty amazing, is we go from what we've been looking at the last couple of weeks of John seeing into heaven, seeing the four living creatures that give praise unto the Lord, what he refers to as day and night, the uh, 24 living elders, how they're dressed, their crowns, and when the Lamb of God, Jesus, comes on the scene, they cast their crowns, they bow before him. So we get this picture in heaven of the church, and then once the Lamb takes the scroll and begins to break the seals, all of that begins to change, and that's what we're going to look at today in the four horsemen. You know, I think Jesus said it best in Luke chapter 21, verse 36. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Notice those two things. Watch, therefore. You, we are. We are to uh, pay attention to the signs of the time. We are to keep our eyes on Israel. Every single week, it seems to be that different nations are rising up and there's trouble around the world. In fact, we'll, we'll, listen, we'll hear some of that uh, today as we begin to read Revelation chapter 6. Yet, it's nothing today what will be taking place during the tribulation. Notice, watch therefore and pray always. Daniel who had specific insight into his days, was a man of prayer. 
In fact, we know the Apostle Paul talked about praying without ceasing. We need to be people of prayer in these days, wisdom and insight and direction. And we need to be people praying as the Lord puts people on our heart so that we can share with them the good news about Jesus. Because in today's reading, everything begins to change. In fact, I think it's important to know too that between Revelation chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 19, it describes the events after the church has departed from the earth, but right before Jesus's second coming to earth to rule and reign. So it's those, those chapters. In fact, I asked my question this, this week to myself, why? Why would, if we're not here, why would we need to know? We need to know the testimony of Jesus. We need to see him as the conquering king. We also know that people will receive Jesus during the tribulation. They need to know the things that are about to take place. And as Jesus returns, as the Bible even says in Revelation, as king of kings, as Lord of lords, it will forever be noted for all eternity that he is the conquering king king. There is no one greater than him. And we'll begin to look at that here uh, in the scripture in the Bible. So let's start first in Revelation chapter six. And I want to look today at the eight verses that what we would look at as the four horsemen. Now, remember in chapter five, John's looking at this scroll. There's nobody worthy to open the scroll until the lamb comes. We know that lamb is Jesus himself. He was the sacrificial lamb. John said, John the Baptist, when he first put eyes on him, he says, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The lamb was the one worthy to open the scroll of the last days or the last years uh, on earth to reveal what would take place. And here's what we read. John says, now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come up and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one that sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil or the wine. So we opened the fourth seal and I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death. 
and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Now, let's pray before we get into these verses. You know, I always feel like many of the scriptures that we read all the time are encouraging. Uh, they're stirring up our faith. They're Jesus's teaching. This, as you read, it kind of turned a little bit dark. We'll talk about that a little bit today and about the patience and long suffering of our Lord Jesus and our Father God. Lord, we pray today, even in these verses that we've read that might seem confusing, we know there's no confusion in you. You are uh, so clear in the things that you say. Give us insight. And as we do always, we lean on the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. Father, let us know that we are living in the last days, and these are things that must take place after the church is received up into heaven, and we have an opportunity to let people know about you. We thank you for your words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're listening along or you've been reading some of these verses, and maybe what comes to mind right away is, hey, where is that mild and humble and loving Jesus who takes the kids and sits them on the lap, who has patience with people that try to accuse and lie about him, who uh, humbles himself and was obedient unto the point of death, even the death on the cross. That humble Jesus is now very different in our eyes. In fact, I thought of it this way. The people that will not receive the salvation of the Lamb will not escape the wrath of the Lamb. Think about that. The people that had an opportunity to receive the salvation of the Lamb will not escape the wrath of the Lamb. You know, there's some thoughts that come into mind. You know, you think about Noah and he built that ark and it took over 100 years and yet only eight of them were saved. Did not anybody ask what was going to go on? But as you and I know, in fact, the Bible lets us know, uh, particularly in these days, people are going about their own business, right? They're, they're going about their own business. They are unaware of the things that are going on because they are living life and it's all about me, I, what I can do, rather than humbling ourselves before the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look today at the four horsemen. In fact, I remembered the thought that I first had when I was reading through this. The very first time that I sat in and watched the Lord of the Rings, the very first one, and they had these um, horses that were going out and they were looking for whoever had the ring. And I'm, let me tell you, in a big theater when it is dark and that screen is huge and those horses are coming, in fact, I forget the exact name of them, but man, that was even scary. And I'm an adult, and that was scary. So when we read these things, it's kind of shocking to us. But you know what I found out? That um, our culture is enamored with movies that have to do with the apocalypse, end times, the end of days. You know, and you think about, uh, we have TV shows that have, that have to do with zombies. We have movies about zombies. We have movies about end times. We have movies about end of the world, destruction of the world. 
whether it be by asteroids or freezing um, cold temperatures. Uh, I mean, there's so many different movies that are out there that people flock to about end of the world scenarios. And psychologists say this, that we are enamored with end of the world uh, entertainment because it gives us an ability to feel like we can escape it. Well, let me tell you when we read this. If you've not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and when he comes back for his church, and when he's gathered the church in heaven, when these things are poured out, there is no escaping this. If you think we're in troubled times, there is nothing that has been seen on this planet Earth that is about what's going to happen as Jesus opens the scrolls and breaks the seals. In fact, we want to look at four of them today, and we read through them. So let me pull up again in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. And he says this, And I looked, and behold, a white horse, the first horse, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. In fact, this is the example to us of the Antichrist coming on the scene. In fact, you'll see that a little bit later when Jesus comes back, because Jesus comes back on a white horse, conquering, but he's got a sword, not a bow. But it also has to do with the deception, what Jesus would refer to as the false prophets. In fact, we know this, that the white horse is about the Antichrist in deception. And we read this in Matthew chapter 24 and in verse 5. Jesus said these words, Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Many will come in my name. In fact, we know this, that true deception and what will be preached from them is a false Jesus which will deceive many, a false Christ, or what we refer to as the anti-Christ. Isn't it interesting? Here that first horse, that one of tribulation is a white horse with a bow. You know, many times I think we get enamored with who's sitting on the horse rather than the horse itself, but it has to do with the anti-Christ and it has to do with deception, the false Christ. Jesus said, many will say, that I am the Christ. Revelations chapter four says, and another horse, fiery red went out and it ran to the one who sat on it to take peace from earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword, another horse, fiery red. In fact, Jesus says these words. He says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And that beginning one of verse uh, seven says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. It's actually letting us know this fiery red horse, there will be world wars between nations and kingdoms, and it will increase. And any peace treaty that has, has been made will be broken. You know, I've said this before, 
one of the pastors that I traveled with a few years ago that went to multiple different countries. Again, this was about three years ago. He said, of all the nations that I've been to recently, every single nation is building up their military. It's almost like they are preparing for war. You know, we look at nations today, we naturally think of the military of the United States, of Russia and China. Many times we overlook India and Pakistan, Iran, Israel, uh, other countries, North Korea, the United Kingdom. I mean, we could just keep naming countries that are building up their military as technology begins to increase and as monies are channeled from other nations, nations are beginning to be able to buy technology like they've never had, whether it's missile technology, whether it's drone technology. And in all of these things that are coming together, we read in the Bible that there will be wars and rumors of wars. There are world wars. You know, it's interesting. World War I, World War II pretty much encompassed almost, I believe it was 80 and then 90 some percent of all of the nations around the world. That's why they called them world wars. In the wars after that, whether it was Korea, Vietnam, whether it was Desert Storm, the other ones, uh, many of them had other nations or many of them had coalitions, but there's not been a true world war. But what we notice is nations uh, that are positioning themselves in different areas of the world to strengthen up their military ties. And Jesus said this would be unleashed with one of these horsemen, the red horse in these days, and that these wars would increase and that anything that had to do with peace, peace would be completely taken out. In fact, we'll look at that when we look at a little bit more in the next couple of weeks of there is a peace treaty in the midst of the tribulation. In fact, it really looks like the first three and a half years of the tribulation, there is peace. And then there's a change. But we know this, that peace is broken. And then in Revelation chapter 6, verse 5 through 6 says, So I looked and behold a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Well, let me read that out of a little different translation to kind of give it a little more clarity with some of the money uh, that it's called of that day. In fact, it says this, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Notice that this horse has scales in its hand. Notice that you work an entire day for just two pounds of wheat. You work an entire day for six pounds of barley. And it's mentioned this, those that have oil and wine are the ones that are rich, that are above. And notice what it says, theirs doesn't get damaged. It's almost if there's even more of a separation of the classes in these times that people that are working an entire day, you're working just to get two pounds of wheat, six pounds of barley. Jesus said these words in Matthew 24, seven and eight. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. 
So when we read about the scales, one of the things that we're reading is that famines will increase. And here's what's linked sometimes to famine are wars and drought. We look at some of these nations that are always in some type of, of battle or war, and it always has to do with the same thing, people without food. We'll hear it. There's a humanitarian crisis. The first thing that nations do after there's a ceasefire is they start pouring in support in the area of food and aid and those type of things. So when there are wars, when there are drought, it increases all of these famines that take place. So it's very interesting when we see that horse when it comes and there's more war, that there are pestilence and things that take place. And that's what we read lastly on that last horse. And it says, so I looked and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the field. A fourth of the earth. You know, we're, we're over 7 billion, billion people up on planet earth. After the rapture of the church and people are taken, one of the things that we know here, a fourth will die with, by sword, hunger, and the beasts of the earth. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, there would be pestilence and there would be earthquakes in various places. Well, let's mention that just earthquakes. You know, uh, you can you can look at if you live in the Southern California area, you can actually track the different maps that show that we have multiple and might even be hundreds of earthquakes, small earthquakes every single day. It seems like on the more and more we are hearing about earthquakes in so many different lands, in so many unusual places that there have not been earthquakes. But that's not what we're reading about in Revelation. Those things increase. In fact, one of the things that Jesus, when he mentioned pestilence and earthquake, we need to remember, and it's on the forefront of our thinking, that pestilences, diseases on a large scale, pandemics that would increase around the world, Wars and famines also can contribute to pestilence. In fact, they seem to go arm in arm. Let me read you a couple stats. I thought this was very interesting. The history of some of the pandemics. This is not all of them, just some. The bubonic plague uh, killed over 200 million people. Smallpox, 56 million people. HIV and AIDS, which this is the one that shocked me, the, the number of people that died from that were between 25 and 35 million, and that's still ongoing. And now recently with COVID-19, some of the numbers, 3.5 million, though we don't know for sure. We, we've heard reports that uh, some have been elevated, lowered, but here's what we know. We know that COVID-19 pretty much has reached around the, the world and we have the medicine and technology today to stop those type of things. You know, you really don't hear about smallpox like you did. You don't hear about polio, but all of those things, bluebonic plague, we don't hear about those things. But what's been in the forefront of our minds the last couple of years is a pestilence on a scale that's gone around the world, but it's nothing 
like what we're reading about even right now. But here's what I think that we need to hear and know. We, we got, don't put your trust in something that cannot save you. This world cannot save you, right? The leaders of the world cannot save you. Only trust in the cross, in the blood, in the death, and in the resurrection of Jesus. That is your trust. And he's given us that picture of these various end times to see that our hope and our trust should not be in this earth, in the things that we see. We need to trust and have faith in him. You know, in the book of Jude, it's really just one chapter. It's a short book, but it has many powerful verses. In fact, Jude says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Let me read that one more time. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of the glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. You know, as a believer, when we read these things, you know, it really is. It's, it's fascinating to read these, but here's what's heartbreaking is the destruction that comes upon the earth. And everybody has the opportunity and choice to accept Jesus as their savior. Everybody. But those who have chosen not to do it, those who have chosen not to follow him, are the ones that go through this. And what I pray, even if you're watching or listening today, that if you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, all these things are optional. You don't have to go through this. You know, and, and people get caught up in the four horsemen of the apocalypse and of the horses and the destruction and all of those things. That is not anything that any of us want to be a part of. And the way of escape and the way to start a new life is by accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. In fact, I want to encourage you to do that with me, whether you're confessing him as Lord for the very first time or you're coming back to him as an opportunity to return to him and get your life back straight with him. That's the only thing that matters at the end of your life. The only thing that matters is what did you do with God's son, Jesus? Did you confess him as Lord or did you reject him as your Lord? Pray this prayer with me, if you would. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. And I confess and I accept Jesus as my Lord and the Savior of my life. I confess and I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you prayed that for the first time, and we have people each and every week that pray that for the very first time, would you reach out to us? 
if if you're on some type of social media platform today, you can reach out through the social media platform. You can go to our website uh, and you can connect with us. It's so, so important as you take those very next state steps. You've gone from death unto life. And that's the most important decision that you'll ever, ever make. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this uh, one verse. In fact, if we read this verse out of the book of Psalm, chapter 16, verses 8 and 9, and it says this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. I have set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You know, don't be moved by the news of the day. Don't be moved by the reports that you hear, the rumors. Don't be moved even reading some of these verses that fear would come upon you. Jesus brought you his peace. There is no fear in him. There's absolute trust and honor and faith through him. And as we give in today's offering, let's pray this prayer today. Would you pray it, mean it from your heart? As I give in today's offering, I fix my eyes on Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. Only you are my very present help in time of trouble. By faith, I will not be moved, and I trust and know that you are at work on my behalf. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In fact, if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give that way. It's safe, fast, and secure. You can also write to us, the Hills Church, uh, the Hills Church P.O. Box 661419. Arcadia, California, 91066. Hey, and I want to encourage you too, um, in your giving, we are about just a couple weeks away from kicking off a kid's vacation Bible school. And as we mentioned this in our services, the statistics have just come out within the last month that during the lockdowns, uh, the suicide rates among kids and youth increased 51%. You know, we're doing this outreach. Uh, we know there are children out there that are just getting back into the group. And if you would like to be a part and financially give into this VBS, we're offering it for free. Uh, we've got some great things planned, guest speaker planned, prizes planned. But if you'd like to be a part and partner with us in an outreach to help kids that have probably gone through the hardest part, you know, I know adults went through a hard time. Many adults got to work from home, but the ones that really suffered were our kids. But if you would like to be a part of helping us reach out to offer a free event to our community, you can go to our website and you can click on the Kids VBS in your giving. And we appreciate you ahead of time for your partnership and support of that. As we do each and every week, we close with uh, the verse that is the reason why we call ourselves the Hills Church. Psalm 121, 1 and 2, where David said, I look to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
The Lord bless you. Read in those readings, Daniel 9, Matthew 24, 25. Read in Revelations chapter 5 and 6. Be a witness. Be somebody led by the Holy Spirit. Be teachable by the Holy Spirit. We know we are living in the last days. And as we've been reading, we're to be watchful. We're to be prayerful. And we're to know that the Lord is the one that's going to present ourselves to him. And we are going to be faithful in what he's called us to do. The Lord bless you. You have a great day and have a great week.